Praise God. But this is our fourth week of Truth Over Trends. Glad to have Brother Roy and Sister Jocelyn back home. They had to fly out. Sister Jocelyn had a uh, death in her family. Brother Dallas, their grandfather, and we prayed for them Sunday. But I'm glad to have them back. I, I spoke on the first week of Truth Over Trends. I want to tell you something. I believe truth ought to always outweigh trends. Amen. There's nothing like truth. I love the scripture that said, you shall know the truth. Somebody finish that. And the truth will set you free. The truth. Amen. I spoke the first week on what is truth and kind of an introduction to what we were going to be speaking about. And then I had to be out for a couple of weeks. Uh, Brother Rory did a fantastic job teaching here. And uh, on week two, he talked about, shouldn't I be happy? God's not in it just to make you happy. He's in it to get you saved, amen? And then last week, he talked about, is sincerity enough? And I was watching. I watched every bit of the service, and uh, I was sitting in my chair, and I was thinking of all the great things that he was saying, and I, if you were watching, you saw me say this. Cornelius was a good man, but he wasn't saved. Cornelius had to call Simon Peter. He was good, but good is not good enough. Everybody say amen. I've always said this. It's a, just an old cliche, I guess, a saying, but you can't get good enough to get God because God doesn't save you because of your goodness. There's a lot of good people that don't know him, and they have good qualities and good principles in life, and they're sincere about it, but here's what I do believe. The true test of a man's sincerity is when he comes in touch with God, whether he obeys the word of God, not the preacher, but the word of God. The true test of a man's sincerity is when you come in contact with truth, you either accept it or you reject it. And that's the true test of sincerity. It doesn't matter about father or mother or sister or brother or family or houses or land or anything. It's you, if you're sincere, when you come face to face with truth and reality in your life, then you'll give your heart to God. Everybody said amen. And those, so to, that brings us to tonight. And tonight I'm going to, this will be the end of our series on truth over trends. But tonight I'm going to talk a little bit. Uh, there's, there's two words that, that came uh, out in the very first lesson that we talked about. And, and they're very prevalent in our day. The first one is relativism, and it's the assumption that there is no such thing as an absolute truth. We do not believe that. Uh, the, the world we live in does. They believe that truth is evolving, and truth moves, and we don't believe truth moves. We believe that truth is, and truth remains. Amen. And, and then there's another word called subjectivism, and that is the the idea that I, the subject, have the right to determine what is right and wrong without submitting my judgment to any authority outside of myself. In other words, I determine what's right for me or what's wrong for me. That is called subjectivism. So those two terms we've dealt with from time to time over the last three weeks, and I'll deal with them again tonight, but those are damnable terms to our society and our world. I picked up my Bible the other day. There's a scripture that I preached from for a long time ago. And if you, if you want to get 
some good understanding uh, about how to subject yourself to God and the Word of God and leadership. And Go read the book of Judges because in the book of Judges, I believe it's the very last chapter, it talked about all of the things that Israel was doing and, and the, the things they were doing wrong. And the last verse said, and in those days, every man did that which was right in his own eyes. He just did that which was right in his own eyes. That is a very damnable place for anybody to be because your heart is desperately wicked above all things. Your heart will lead you wrong. The Bible said our heart is wicked unless we have God ruling in our heart. And so we're not here to just do the things that we think are right. Relativism is not to be believed in or accepted. Uh, if, if truth can move, it will continually move from now until the end of all things. And we won't really know what truth is ever if it's moving. But if truth remains, and there I hold it in my hand tonight, then truth will be here when it's all said and done. And we'll stand upon the word of God for truth. Can you say amen? So, and you certainly can't be a law unto yourself. So, what do you think? Let's, let's talk about it for just a minute. Uh, uh, we're all sinners. We had a, a man running for Supreme Court justice here Sunday morning, said it right. We're all sinners. If we're saved, we're saved simply by the grace of God. You're not saved because of who your last name is. We're not saved because of who your mom or dad was or your grandpa or your grandma. You're saved by the grace of God because God saved you out of sin. We're all sinners. David said, I was born in sin. In other words, I'm a sinner from birth. I'm a sinner. Now, I'm not telling you that babies go to hell. I'm not telling, don't go into all that philosophy. I believe there comes a time in a child's life when he comes to the age of accountability where that he's able to give his heart to God on his own and understand the scriptures. I firmly believe that. But here's what I also believe. I, I, I believe that unless you come to God, you're a sinner forever. You have to be born again of the water and the spirit, and that's scriptural. So being that we're all sinners and we're all in the same boat together, I'm no better than you are, and you're no better than I am, and nobody's any better than anybody. doesn't matter what race, what color, what creed, what background, what philosophy, what theology, it doesn't matter. We're just sinners, and if we come to God, we're saved by the grace of God. I never will forget my mom and dad had many, many lasts many years ago. There was an evangelist preacher. Some of you may remember it. I think it was at the old church over on Parkview. And uh, he, he, was, he was fired up and preaching and he's preaching against sin. And, and, and he, said, he said, if you're standing by a sinner tonight, raise your hand. <laughs> That's a true story. It happened in this church. <laughs> Mom, Dad was—they were laughing, telling me about it. They said, "Can you just see people saying, I got one right here,' you know? Here, here's your center. You might, you might offend somebody. Hello, but we are sinners, and we're saved by the grace of God. So, let me ask you a question: What do you think is the most commonly quoted Bible verse in the world? Think about that for just a moment. You don't have to. What'd you say? John 3.16. Who says it's John 3.16? Well, now, 10 years ago, you might have been right, but that's not true. There was a study done, and I, I want to take just a minute and tell you about it. What do you think? 
you, you know, John 3.16, most people would say that. For God so loved the world that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I like that scripture, John 3.16. But let me tell you what the most commonly quoted verse of the Bible is today. According to studies, it is not John 3.16, but it is instead the scripture that says, Judge not, lest you be judged. Now, isn't that amazing? That we went from John 3.16 to judge not. In other words, the world is saying, don't judge me. Don't judge me. You ever had anybody say, don't judge me? You probably said it. And I probably said it. Don't judge me. Even non-Christians use, use that term. Don't judge me. Don't talk about how I'm living. Don't talk about how I'm, what I'm doing. This verse is often used as a defense for doing whatever you want to do. Don't judge me. It's misused in order to not condemn us, but to justify us. I don't think that's what it was said for. I don't believe that's what it meant. You see, for, for example, let me, let me give you a couple of things to, to think about. In Jesus' time, historians tell us that the main virtue back in Jesus' days when he walked on this earth According to historians, the most common and popular virtue was that of, and remember this word, justice. They believed in justice. Back then, you remember the Old Testament, it was an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And, and uh, when you get to the New Testament, it, it's, if, you, if you sin, you have to pay. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. We love to talk about justice. I believe in justice, don't you? In Jesus' day, it is commonly known among historians that that was the greatest virtue. It was justice. But today, the most common virtuous virtue in the world is not justice. In fact, a study showed that 85% of the cultures of today's world when they asked him what the greatest virtue is, here's what they said. It's not justice, it's tolerance. Just stay with me tonight. In 85% of cultures, the most important virtue is tolerance. Now, if you're my age, you, you, would, you would think of tolerance as being this. I tolerate people or things I don't like. I heard a couple of amens. I tolerate. So I have that virtue, tolerate, tolerance. And I, I, I feel like I have a lot of that. That's a virtue that you better have if you're a pastor. And you have that because we grew up that way. There's just a lot of that. You know, I don't, I don't like certain heritage, but I tolerate it. I don't like certain things people do, but. I tolerate it. You better have the virtue of tolerance. But, but by that, by tolerance being the main virtue, the world is saying, I don't want you to judge me. I want you to just tolerate me. There's no truth anyway. It's all relative. You can't tell me what's right or wrong because I believe in subjectivism. I'll make the determination and I'll do whatever I want to do. And tolerance is, is bailing me out to make me feel okay. Oh yeah, I'm, 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 I'm right there where I ought to be tonight. And all that believe that want to, to avoid people saying anything 
that they're doing wrong. Have you noticed lately, have you noticed in the last few years that churches are more into self-help and positive mental attitudes and, you know, the love of God and all that's good. But let me just tell you, somewhere, and I said it Sunday, we need preaching that will dig deep into our spirit and get truth down in our heart where that when we're wrong, we know we're wrong. It's not judgmental. It's not judgmental preaching. Some people, if you preach against things, they think you're just being judgmental. That's not true. If I'm judgmental, Jesus is real judgmental. That's all I got to tell you. I want to preach the word of God and truth will have to take precedent over trends in this world when the trend is let's tolerate everything. Let's just be relevant. Let's just have subjectivism. You don't believe it, but I believe it. And you know, everybody has their own belief. I mean, you, you've heard all this. Everybody has their own beliefs. Everybody can believe what they want to. We're all going to the same place. No, we're not. Not unless you believe this. Not unless you live by this. Your unrighteousness can't be tolerated by the word of God. Somebody said amen. All lifestyles are equal. That's what they'll tell you. Everybody's equal. It doesn't matter what you believe. It does matter. I said it does matter. You know what the Bible said? Take heed. You know what that means? There's danger somewhere. Take heed to thyself and what else? To the doctrine. Take heed, Paul said, to thyself and to the doctrine. What doctrine? This doctrine. Not my doctrine, his doctrine. So, so we have to believe truth. Now, pardon me. If you could capture the mindset in just a couple of verses in the scriptures, let me, let me tell you what, where, where I believe we're standing right now. Here's what it said in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. You ought to mark this in your Bible. For the time will come, I'm going to read it out of the NIV. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to miss. It's like this. Hey, it's your body. You do what you want to with it. Well, I struck a chord there, didn't I? You can do what you want to. It's your body. Uh-uh. If you're a child of God, the Bible said your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God lives in your body. Come on now. You can do what you want. If, 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 if your life don't you don't let anybody tell you how to live your life. Have you ever heard anybody say, you're not telling me how to live my life? Come on, that's the world we're living in. I hate to admit this, but I'm, a, I'm, about, to, I'm about to date myself. I remember, I remember when it mattered what the pastor said. I remember when it mattered what the preacher said. And to some folks, don't get me wrong, it still matters. But to much of our generation, it's don't tell me how to live my life. I know as much as you know. I'll let you be my pastor, but you're not going to tell me how to live and where to go and how to, how, to, how, to, how, to, how to do life every day. 
You're not going to do that. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I hope I am. But, but I, I don't want that spirit in this church because the scriptures teaches against that. You know, I mean, it's, it's like they, they, they cornered a guy on the news and, and, and in a talk show and he pastors thousands of people. And they said, we never hear you talk about hell. He said, well, I don't want to offend people. There really is a hell. And there really is going to be people there. Why should we not talk about hell? Well, I don't want to offend somebody. Oh, people love to come to church and be patted on the back. People love it when everything seems, if I could use the terminology for my generation, hunky-dory. Everybody loves that. Oh, just tell me I'm doing good, pastor. But the bottom line is, is this about you being happy? Is this just because you're sincere? Or does God want you to have the goods when it comes to the baptism of his spirit and the infilling and the indwelling of God in your life? Does he want you to live unrighteous and be called the church? Or is truth going to take precedent over trends in our life? We can't follow that. We can't go there. We will never go there. That's why Paul said to Timothy, he said, there's going to be people that are going to come along and they won't hear you when you preach sound doctrine. Instead, they're going to suit their own desires. They want to gather great numbers of teachers. You know, here's what people do many, many places on a Sunday morning. I'm sorry. I'm, no, I'm happy. I'm happy to tell you, you're not getting that here. We may not have thousands, but I'll tell you what, I'm not going to say, itch, 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 tickle, tickle, tickle. I'm not here to tickle your ears. We're not doing that here. It's not to make you feel good. It's to make you search your spirit and your heart and your inner man and to know if you're right with God. Somebody ought to say amen. We don't want to fall into this trap. He said they're going to turn their ears away from truth and they're going to turn aside to myths. They're going to believe things that aren't true. I can tell you countless Pentecostals right now that have turned their mind away from truth because it feels better where they're going and what they're doing. Whew. Well, I told someone today, uh, I, I may get to chasing a rabbit right here and lose my way, but, but, but I, want, I want to tell you something. If, you, if you're not happy in a church that preaches truth, if you just can't be there, for God's sake, when you go somewhere else, don't go to where they preach half-truth or untruth. Go somewhere where they preach truth. It's true. I see people that go, to where, uh, that go to a church that believes in the Spirit, believes in the baptism, believes in uh, the, the Bible, the, the things that are in the Scripture. And so... As a matter of fact, this was happening in another city, in another church. Somebody was telling me about it. I said, let me tell you something. I believe that you can't blaspheme the Holy Ghost unless you've had the Holy Ghost. Because you don't know what you're talking about. 
I personally believe that the only sin that is, that is beyond forgiveness is the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. And that is for people that have had the Holy Ghost that turn their back on God. I hope you're watching. Hope you're watching because they turn their back on God and then discount that experience and say it's not real. And you don't even have to say it. All you have to do is go sit under a preacher that don't preach it. Pat myself on the back because that's good stuff. Because you can fall. It's borderline. I wouldn't be in anybody's shoes like that. I'm not talking about anybody here. I was, I, we were talking about a congregation in another city, in another place, at another time. And I, I'll tell you what I told Brother Rory and Brother Chase. We were sitting at lunch today, and I said, let me tell you something, guys. When you turn your back on the Holy Ghost, when you turn your back on the Spirit of God, and you say that's not real anymore, and you're looking for something, I'm here. Now, for people that don't know and people that's never had it, you can expect that from people like that. But I wouldn't stand in the judgment bar of God. Let me tell you, if I was going to walk out of the church, let me tell you where I'd go. I, if I wasn't going to be in a church that believed the truth, I'd go get drunk, I'd commit adultery, I'd rob banks, I'd lie, I'd cheat, I'd do everything I was big enough to do because that's all you're going to get in the way of enjoyment because the pleasure of sin is going to last for a little while. But if you want to go to heaven, you better get truth deep in your spirit and you better say, I will never give it up. Hallelujah. The time will not come. The time is here that Paul talked about when men will not endure sound doctrine. There, there, are, there are some beliefs that are true-ish, but they're not truth. But they are wrong about or true-ish. Let me say this. Let me say it this way. There's true-ish beliefs about right and wrong. Right and wrong. Let, let me show you three Beliefs about right and wrong that, that are true-ish, but they're not, they're not truth, okay? Here's one of them. Here's what people say. Well, I'm not a bad person. I'm going to go to heaven. I'm not a bad person. People believe that statement because they're not an axe murderer or they're not as bad as the next guy and they... They haven't committed horrible sins. I'm not a bad person. And in order to justify my belief that I'm not a bad person, there's a couple of tools that I want to do to do it. Watch, watch what I'm about to say. And one of them is called comparison. You ever heard people compare themselves with other people? Well, I'm just as good as they are. I got just as much God as she's got or he's got. Comparisonitis is a disease that you don't need. I, when I had the young married class right through that door and we had a class full of people every Sunday morning, I taught one Sunday morning on the dangers of comparisonitis. It's a disease you don't need. You say, well, I, I may say a few bad words, but he cusses like a sailor. Come on now. I'll, I don't say anything bad unless I do something like hit my thumb with a hammer, and I, you know, then I might. You're comparing yourself. I don't. I don't do say anything like that unless a.
cop pulls me over. You're just comparing yourself. I mean, we say with comparisonism, I, I just, I don't, I don't do that bad. I don't do as bad as they do. And so we put our, look, the Bible said you can't compare yourselves with yourselves. That's a very dangerous place to be. You can't do that because when you do that, neither one of you is right because a small wrong is just as bad as a big wrong in the eyes of humanity. It's, it's big or small. Well, I didn't tell, I didn't tell a, uh, you know, here's the second thing. Let me go that for, before I say this. Comparing yourselves and then you repackage sin. You repackage your wrong. You say, I can justify my behavior if I repackage it. In other words, I don't, you know, that's, they call it pornography, but we call it adult entertainment. It's sin. He told a black lie, but let me tell you what I said was just a little white lie. There, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, Radio audience, all of you on the internet, everybody in the house, listen to me. There is no such thing as a black lie and a white lie. It's a lie. Isn't that a great revelation? It's just a lie. So you, you, you can't repackage your sin. You can't compare yourself and say, I'm not a bad person. I'm better than this one or that one. Here's what my mom and dad always told me. Honey, you better not compare yourself with them because they're, they haven't heard the pearly gates click behind their heels yet. Isn't that good stuff? Don't do that. Here's, here's another belief that, that says you have no right to tell me how to live. You know, this one is born out of the statement that there's ab no absolute truth and there's, there's, uh, there's nobody that can tell me what to do or how to do. So you can't judge me. You can't put me in hell. You can't tell me I'm wrong. You can't tell me I'm doing bad stuff because I'm doing what I want to do and it feels good and I'm sincere about my salvation. No, you're not. Because if you do those first two things, you have no right to tell me how to live and I'm not a bad person. You go to number three and those two things equal number three that says I can justify anything I want to do. Do you know what falls under the, the banner of Christianity in 2020? Wasn't too many months ago till we had... Uh, visitors in this church and uh, it was quite an ordeal because one of them was a he that supposedly became a she I didn't check but they told me that I mean that person told me that while I've had an operation because I met them right up here in this balcony and I said this to them you can't go to the women's bathroom here Oh, I've had an operation. I said, I don't care how many operations you've had. You ain't going to the women's bathroom here. You're a man. Pastor ain't like it was in the 60s, honey. There's some stuff going on right now. Amen. There's a pastor not far from here, within 20 miles of here. They got sued. Because a guy came to his church and 
He welcomed him in. He came for a while. Came to pastor, said, I want you to marry me and my mate. Oh, sure, sure. His mate wasn't a woman. His mate was a him. And he backed up and said, oh, I can't do that. Guess what? Lawsuit came down the pipes. It's happening all over America. It's happening everywhere. So, so we now have, there, there's a man that used to be in this church, if I called his name, every one of you that's been here for a little while would know him. He pastored a gay church because he is gay. And they preach Jesus' name, baptism. And they say they have the Holy Ghost. Don't you get quiet on me. You could justify anything that you want to justify. All you got to do is say, I'm not a bad person. And nobody has a right to tell me how to live. But I can justify that. When you say I'm not a bad person, you probably aren't a bad person. But you're a sinner until you're saved by the grace of God. Truth has got to prevail in your life. Somebody say amen. We visited, we visited Romans 1 in the very first week, Romans 1. Romans 1 is a very powerful chapter in the Bible. And, and, and I, I went back and read it again today. I want to revisit it for just a moment this evening. Because there's some of these verses that, that if anything's true in our generation, it's Romans 1. I want you to see this. Romans 1, verse 28. Just put it up, if you will. And I'll start from there. I'm going to read. I think it's in the NIV. Here's what it said. Furthermore, since they didn't think it was worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he gave them over to a depraved mind, a depraved mind. God gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. They become filled with every kind of wickedness and evil, and greed, and depravity. How true is that? They're full of envy, and murder, and strife, and deceit, and malice. How true is that? They're gossips, and slanderers, and God-haters, and insolent, and arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. How true is that? They disobey their parents. They're senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Wow. Somebody's texting me. And this is what verse 32 said. Watch this. And although they know God's righteous decree, that's many of you, so you so-called believers... Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things, what do they deserve? The scriptures say they deserve death. Death. And, and what, what Paul is saying is even though you know it's right and you do it anyway because you want to live your life your way. Oh, let me tell you something. I'm saying it, and it's, it's been a joke and somewhat through the years. I've heard people say it. Elvis Presley did it his way. Yeah, he did. But a lot of folks do it their way. But the, the end of your way is the way of death. 
It's where it will lead you. God, I know this is what you want. It's what you're saying. But that's not what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. Because it, it, it peppers my flesh. It makes me feel good. I'm sincere about what I'm doing. But I'm not listening to anybody. I want to tell you something. When you get too big to listen to anybody, you're just too big. Amen. Everybody needs somebody in their life. So here's, here's what I'm, here's, I waited to the end of this for, for a purpose. So here's the truth over trend last lesson. It's entitled this, as long as it don't hurt anyone. As long as it, I'm not bothering you. I'm not bothering, let me tell you who you're bothering, God. Let me tell you who you're bothering. Because you can't just take those attitudes of I'm a good person. Nobody can tell me how to live. I love my pastor, but he's not telling me where I can and can't go. I'm not only going to tell you where you, you know, this is, not a, this, this is not a Jim Jones church here. You don't have to drink the Kool-Aid here, okay? You don't have to drink the Kool-Aid. Nobody's asking you to drink it. I've seen places, and I can tell them, I can tell you there's some within 30, 40 miles from here where they get their paychecks on Friday and go to the church and have them cashed and they hold their ties out. They have to ask, can they go on vacation? Can they, when they have babies, they deliver them at home. Folks, that's a cult. That's not a church. Well, amen. Oh, surely not, Pastor. Yeah, I can name names. They're all around us, okay? They're all around us. I'm not going to follow you around every day and tell you how to live and where to go and how to dress and how to talk. That's not my job. My job is to preach righteousness in this pulpit. And when I preach it and I preach from this word, you better obey it because you are obligated by God to obey not just me, but the word of God. I don't care who's pastor here. If I die in the morning and I've never walked in this pulpit again, you remember what this preacher said. You better hear the word of God and heed the word of God and do what the man of God asks you to do as long as he is in this book. Does anybody believe that with me tonight? It's not about me. It's not about my position. It's not about anybody's position. It's about what truth is. Truth is right. I get so tired. I get so tired of living in a world where if you speak truth, people get mad and they get offended. And they say, well, we're just not coming back if you're going to believe that. We're, you know what? Toodaloo. See you later, alligator. I'm going to preach truth in this pulpit. I'm going to still preach against sin. I'm going to still preach against unrighteousness. I'm still going to preach against lying and thieving and, and, and whoremongering and adulterers and fornication and homosexuality and gambling. I'm going to preach against whatever I preach against as long as it's in this book. You can't be out of this book. And if it's in this book, we better live by it. If it's not in this book, don't worry about it. Because he'd have put it in here. There's enough in here for us to live by than for us to try to make our own rules. Preachers don't have right to make their own rules. I know that I know that don't agree with some preachers. But I'm telling you, preachers don't have a right to make their own rules. I've been where preachers made their own rules. 
I've been where it was so hard. People couldn't be saved if they wanted to. Everything but fresh air and, chi- fresh air and childbirth you was going to hell for. I'm serious. I'm not playing. I'm serious. There's preachers that make it that hard. You don't have a right to do that. The Bible said this gospel is so simple that a wayfaring man, though a fool, should not err therein. You ought to know what's in this book. That's why you got to read it. That's why you got to study it. That's why you got to pray it. That's why you got to get in tune with God. That's why you got to do inventory in your life. It's because when you get in this book, it will tell you right from wrong. There's no trend that will come around that will take you away from the righteousness of God. We have to have truth in this church, not trends. Now, we, we follow some trends. We do. We don't, we're caught up in it. I got six minutes. We're caught up in it. There's some things that we do just because it's the thing to do. I'm not going to lie to you. I, church I raised in, but Jesse, we never had no lights like that. We never had a screen. I remember when we first started. How many of y'all first, remember? We, we had an overhead projector right here and a screen that let out of there, and somebody stood up here and slid the songs in so you'd know the words. We got to laugh about that the other day. Slid, <laughs> that's the truth. You just hope they all spell right and somebody could write that slid them into the overhead projector. That was the trend. Well, then came projectors. I'm, I'm pertin- I wish we'd have stayed with the other because them things are, they cost a lot of money. Then we had lights. We even got a little smoke every once in a while. It's all trends. Trends are okay. Listen to me. Trends, you tr- how many of you want to dress trendy? Don't lie to me, ladies. I know. You go to them shops. What's the trend? Huh? It's okay. Look, I love my sweet little wife. Let me tell you about her. That doctor told her, said, you may not be able to wear those high heels. She said, that's what you think. I promise you, I was sitting there. She said, that's what you think. I'm wearing my high heels. You know what? We all want to look good. We want to be in fashion. We want to have the near. Look, when vehicles come out and, and, the, and they got new stuff on them, man, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the best customer Ford has. I don't want one that ain't got stuff on it. Man, I want, I want the best. Come on now, you know I'm telling the truth. That's why you go trade your boat in or your four-wheeler or your, you, you buy a new gun or a new scope or a new set of binoculars or a new sewing machine. It's the latest. It's the trend. It's all okay. Everybody say it's okay. You can't say amen, just give me a good nod. I'll take that. It's okay. Let me tell you what's not okay when it goes against the Word of God, when it carries us in a wrong direction, when it puts truth in the back seat and trend is driving the car. You've got to have truth behind the wheel. Truth has got to be the most utmost thing in our life. And I'm telling you right now, I've made this deal through the years, and I'm going to make it again tonight. This is our last statement on truth over trends. This is my last statement. You come to me and you bring me scripture where I'm not preaching something right. Let me say it in this mic. Where I'm not preaching something right 
and I'll change the way I preach. But you got to bring this. Don't bring me your philosophy. Don't bring me, don't bring me just your idea. Don't bring me somebody's theology. Just bring me truth. Because I'm honest enough with you. Well, y'all, y'all, y'all quit talking. Help me over here. They still love me. Toby knows me. He's like, I'm like his daddy. I'm just fooling with him a little bit. But listen, truth. Truth is so important. It can't be about our pride. It can't be about, well, I just don't feel right. It's not about feeling. It's about faith. It's about walking with God. You bring me something I'm not preaching, I'll preach it. I told you a few Wednesday nights ago. Matter of fact, I told you on the first Wednesday night we started, there's some things that I had to just lay out and study. I've studied them. Greek, Hebrew, commentaries, books. I've, I've studied them. And if I feel in my heart, and you can show me that, that I'm, I'm in error here, I will be more than happy to say, folks, I've been wrong about this. This is what's right. But you better be sure you have the goods when you come to me because I've looked it up in the book and the book is always right. Can you believe that today? Stand all over this house with me right now. The scriptures are always right. Somebody played a song for me this week. It was by Zach Williams and Dolly Parton. Old Dolly can still sing. Do you know Dolly came from a Pentecostal background? Go study it. I don't know where Zach came from, but he, he sang Chain Breaker. And this song, I'm going to tell you what it is because I don't want you to know it till we sing it, but we're going to sing it here. Somebody played it for me. I said, my Lord, have mercy. Did I feel the Holy Ghost? Mm. I'm not going to say it was the Holy Ghost, but the words got to me. So you could probably go to their concert and hear those words and start weeping. You could probably feel the emotions. This is why the scriptures say, know them that labor among you. Know them. I don't want to listen to a preacher that don't pray. I don't want to listen to a singer that don't pray. I don't want anybody trying to tell me how to live for God that is not in tune with God. Come on. Don't leave me now. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm circling the airport. I'm fixing to land this thing right now. But it is so important to me that truth take precedent. I have friends, longtime friends. They're still my friends. They wanted the bigger crowd. They wanted, I'll just leave it right there. So they just walked away and left some truth. You can do that when you leave truth. Let me tell you that. You can do that. I don't think you have to be small to have truth. Please don't think I'm saying that. 
I believe we can fill this, this building up with truth, preaching truth. There's some hungry people for truth. They just need to know it. But let me tell you, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost, the power of God has got to remain in this church. And it will when we do what we ought to do in regard to the truth of God and the scriptures. I believe that. So I'm just asking you today, don't let trends overcome you. Make sure truth is priority in your life. Look good. Feel good. Have a good time. I love life. I love to laugh. I love good company. I really like to eat. I like good stuff. I love life. I got a good life. I don't have to go out and get drunk. I don't smoke any dope. I don't shoot up every morning. I don't have to do the things of this world. But I have truth. And the truth is not a prisoner. It will set you free. Some people feel like they're a prisoner when they get in truth. No, 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 no. no. You're free when you get truth. Because you don't have, I don't wake up on Monday morning with a headache and throw it up everywhere. Come on now. That's miserable stuff there. Thank God for truth. Thank God for truth. Aren't you glad you know Jesus right now? He said, I am the way, I am the truth. Put your hands up all over this room. Let's give God some praise right now. Thank you, Lord, for truth. Thank you, Lord, for truth. Thank you for truth. Hallelujah.